All right. Hello, hello, my friends. You are listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show on News Talk KEYS, 1440 AM and 98.7 FM. Corpus Christi, Texas, and today is a very good day. There's still World Cup playing on our TV within the studio, which means that my co-host Chad is going to be absolutely not paying attention to the fact that he's on live radio. Hey, uh, Chad. I am dialed in. Dude, as soon as I saw you grab that remote and you and Aiden are like, what's the channel, what's the channel? I'm like, okay, well, apparently it's going to be me on this radio talking to myself. And our lovely listeners, thanks for tuning in, guys, because I got a heck, a heck of a story for you. As I said heck, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to say heck on radio. Right, Aiden? That's a yes. That's a yes. Chad, how's your day going, buddy? Huh? You're wearing sandals. It's like one million cold degrees outside. I don't even know how cold it is. It's pretty chilly. How cold is it? How cold is it is? It's it's in the 50s, which for us in South Texas, wintry. All I have to do is make it from my car to inside the studio. Yeah. Who's playing? Croatia and Morocco for third place. Oh. Who's supposed to win? I think Croatia's better. They're winning at the moment, two to one. All right. Uh, Cool. Third place game tomorrow, I guess, at one o'clock, I want to say, maybe. All right, well, thanks for participating. From here on out, Chad will probably not be paying attention to the radio, guys. So, From here on out, it's a one-woman show. Yeah, just how I like it. I'm just kidding. Uh, guys, we got quite a tale to tell today. We are going to be talking all about The Dale, a story of a failed eco-friendly car company involving murder, fraud, and a three-wheel prototype gone wrong. And sex and violence. There's not, well, there's violence, but there is um, a changing of sex on this one. You come to find out that somebody's not what they, who or what they seem to be. Mm. We'll find out. Okay, so we should start this. And honestly, with so many twists and turns in the tale of the Dale, it's kind of hard to know exactly where to begin. The tale of the Dale. The tale of the Dale. And we're not talking Dale Earnhardt. No, we're talking about Dale Waltrip, a goofy little commuter car that took took consumers by storm and stormed right back out of existence pretty quickly. Um, hard to, to, to say where to start because there's really going to be a lot of twists and turns, but I think it's best to paint a picture of the times. All right, it's the 1970s. The world is in the middle of an energy crisis. Gas prices are skyrocketing. All right, now. During those times, and that's kind of happened multiple m- multiple moments in the automotive industry have proved a, an opportunity when there's a gas crisis for um, uh, car makers to jump in, get you some smaller cars, like the bu- post-World War II bubble cars. That was a result of nobody having petrol. Now... That was also kind of, or you know, restrictions there was a few. on... Yeah. There was, yeah, multiple reasons there. Yes. Restrictions on what, how big of anything they could manufacture. Yeah. Plus, I don't think they really had many materials. Exactly. Going, that Going with them at that time. That and also for, it's like why the Isetta um, was such a desirable thing to license was because it had a motorcycle engine in it. And a lot of people, it was easier to get that kind of license as opposed to an automotive license. Um, anyways, we, we digress. We digress. Now, those times of gas crisis are always an opportunity for smaller and smaller fuel efficient cars 
And at the time, Americans were scared and really didn't want to be purchasing gas guzzlers. Now, two years before the start of the gas crisis mayhem, there was an inventor and motorcycle enthusiast named Dale Clift. He had tossed together a 305cc Honda Superbike. Is that my phone or your phone going off? I swear, I feel like I put it on mute every time and I still get text notifications. All right, everything's on mute. Sorry about that. See, Dale had tossed together a 305cc Honda Superbike along with some metal tubing, some Nagahide, and he created a very, very simple commuter bike. And if anybody's listening and you want to see what it looks like, just get on the Google, grab your phone, grab your computer, and Google the Dale tricycle or the Dale car. And you're going to see something that kind of looks like a banana on three wheels. It look a little funky. Three-wheel banana. A three-wheel banana, yeah. Three-wheel nanner. Now, Dale, the inventor, considered his commuter a success. He was happy with it, but he really had no intentions of mass producing it. He didn't really have that kind of, he didn't have that ambition. He wasn't enterprise, didn't plan on enterprising it, all right? Now, that is where a very, 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 very interesting character comes into play in this story. A Miss Geraldine Elizabeth Carmichael, who went by Liz. Liz Carmichael. She enters the scene and she is going to be a force, a tornado, if you will. This woman would not turn out to be quite what she seemed to be. Now, she immediately recognized the potential of the commuter bike. She saw the Dale as being quite promising and she promised the real Dale, Dale Clift, $1,001, along with millions of dollars in royalties to get her hands on the plans for the Dale. Now, Mr. Clift would never see any of that money, though. I thought he got a thousand bucks. I don't think he actually got that. Maybe he got the thousand, but he didn't get the royalties. I think he got a thousand and then some other check that was bounced. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Now, to the press and the public, Liz's story was the dream. All right. Everybody, and I'm about to tell you exactly what her story, which would turn out to not be whatsoever true. But uh, any news reporter that hears this is like goldmine, goldmine, goldmine. All right. Now to the press and public, Liz's story was, was impressive. She was the widow of a NASA engineer. She had five kids. She had built her first car at just the age of 18. And she had went on to get her a mechanical engineering degree. And she was really good at playing the media. You see, she would tell at any point she was in front of a camera or a, a microphone, she would say it was her dream to rule the auto industry like a queen. Reminds me of the, uh, the Red Witch. What's that? From Game of Thrones. Oh, <laughs> which one was that? She was red and she was a witch. I didn't know there was an actual. I don't remember. Sir, maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. Sandra. Oh, look, Aiden maybe knows. Was the, the, whatever, the god of the light or the dark, something. Go. On, you may go on. All you right. Well, I appreciate that colorful detail, Chad. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm the color. I'm color commentator. You are. Well, now I'm like, man. I did watch Game of Thrones, but I have no idea what you're talking about with this, which, um. 
Oops. Now, Liz would get Dale Clift on board, and they would, and she would go on to found the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I had a little yawn attack and a stretch. There we go. Uh, she would go on to found the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation to produce this tricycle commuter, and she would name it The Dale. <laughs> not the best car name. The Dale. I don't, yeah, it's not, <laughs> well, it's I, not I, super inspiring. I, I mean, they should have said the cliff, you know, because it's Dale Clift. But uh, whatever, interesting. Oh, well. Now, with the Dale, she would capitalize on consumers' worries of an unending gas crisis. I mean, we still, we see ebbs and flows of that still today, you know. With the Dale, she... Um, she would tout that it ha- it would have a 850cc motorcycle engine capable of 70 miles per gallon. And this maximum efficiency vehicle would be available for less than $2,000. This, this was back yeah. in the 70s time where there wasn't <laughs> fracking. Yeah. But they had this term that they would always use, peak, uh, peak oil or something. Uh-huh. Which basically they were fear-mongering everybody that... We were all running out of oil. Ah! Yeah, and there was no fracking. Uh, but I think it was basically scare tactics. Yeah, probably. Government and, uh, politics. And it's the, still, something like that still going on today. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing to think about, um, this was pretty, to hear 70 miles per gallon in the set, like this is 1970s, to hear that, that was awe-inspiring. All right. Contemporary cars were ranging at 11 miles per gallon. So consumers were hooked. That's a lot more gallons. It a lot, it a whole lot, it a whole lot. Now with a low deposit of only $500 and the whole headline miles per gallon, folks were ready to go bananas for this banana on wheels. It really do look like a banana on wheels. Now, was the Dale actually capable of 70 miles per gallon? Well, in theory, it could have. It could have maybe. Depends. Could have maybe potentially iffy. Downhill. Coulda. Yeah. Downhill. Tailwind. Stripped of the Naga hide. <laughs> we, who knows? Yeah. It, it, was, it wasn't necessarily far-fetched, but it wasn't necessarily something that they would actually ever do. Now... Something like that, though, could have been absolutely groundbreaking and earth-shattering for the big three. And because of that, Liz was mightily paranoid about it. And when you think about it, well, you know, um, at no point do I want to compare these two car makers or the people behind it. But there has been definitely the big three involving itself when something could be, you know, absolutely shake the auto industry. I'm um, sure they've bullied, bullied out numerous. Oh yeah, new manufacturers that could have had really good ideas. I'm I'm still <clears throat> amazed that Tesla has done as well as it has. Right, going against them and yeah. really is. I mean, technically, somehow I'm not sure how that works, but it's the most valued or profitable or huh. valued the highest of any automaker in Interesting. America. Uh, but he's one of the few that has really broken through. Yeah. And been able to take on the big three. Which make, is not easy. 
Maybe it's because he's the richest man in the world, or was. I think he lost that title after he bought Twitter and went down a little. But yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why. But he's done somehow. He's done it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Liz was paranoid, and she had every right to be paranoid. Frankly, it was said by employees at the 20th Century Motor Corporation that the factory was absolutely laden with bodyguards, and there was security at every turn. And I'll be honest, you know, when I was reading about that. In my head, I figured, you know, probably the big three did check into this. And then they realized, oh, shit, it's a whole scam. Right? They probably just figured out, they discovered the whole, the whole car maker was a lie. Anyways. That may be why the bodyguards. Oh, I know, right? That might be why the bodyguards. Aiden's giving me the old wrap it up signal. We are going to take a little break. Y'all stay tuned to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. All right. Hello, my friends. You are back listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. And today we are talking about quite a tale, a tale of the dale. It is all about a eco-friendly commuter tricycle who kind of got started. It was created on a dream and then its product and actual results ended up being a scam that also involves fraud and murder so what a tale about this dale and sex and violence there's no sex in this are we allowed to say that word on the radio i'm pretty sure yeah aiden okay good this is like a i don't know how this works automotive manufacturing soap opera it a hundred percent it is a novella so stay tuned yeah stay tuned if you're just now tuning in basically an inventor created this cool kind of little tricycle, covered tricycle. And then this woman named Liz said, man, I can make some money on this. I can capitalize on the fact that, in, this is the 1970s, that I can capitalize on the fact that everybody is scared that they are running out of gas. And so she took it and she ran with it. She created a, a whole company, the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation, to create this car, which they called the Dale. Now, do you think she went out with this with the intent of scamming, or do you think she started Potentially. started with the wanting to make a car and then realized, oh, this is not working out. I'm just going to take the money and run. She, there may be a couple parts of that because we'll get into her background shortly. And there is, in fact, a history of her taking deposits for things and then not delivering them. Mm. So she may have believed in it. She may have meant to, but the Dale would never be actually created. Now. Uh, and we kind of painted a picture of the times. It's the 1970s. There's an oil crisis. Chad had mentioned peak oil, which meant like, are we going to run out of oil? Never have any oil again. Um, another important thing to note about the times was this was also during the 1970s feminist movement. And with a story like Liz's, all right, where she was a warrior widow looking to take on the auto industry and save the environment at the same time. Well, you can imagine the media was captivated. Now, you couple that with Liz's adeptness at controlling the Dale's narrative and uh, the 20th Century Motor Corporation really was going full speed ahead. All right. And with so much media attention, you'd be surprised that it would appear like there was also very little fact checking going on. <laughs> like, like if they did anything, they'd realize she wasn't, in fact, married to a NASA, NASA engineer. That she didn't actually have five kids. Actually, maybe she had five kids. 
Maybe he had five kids. Anyways, Liz was emboldened to take more and more, to make more and more grandiose claims about the Dale and its features and capabilities. All right. She began claiming that the Dale was made of rocket structural resin. And she dubbed it, I mean, if she came up with this name herself, she did a pretty good job because she called it Rigid X. It's a good name. It is for. She, she does all that for that name and then she calls the car the, the Dale. Da- right? <laughs> Come on, Liz. On the real, right? Slacker. She's a slacker. She claimed that it was nine times stronger than steel. It's a, it's a bold claim for this Rigid X. Now, the best part of this. Uh, Bridget X story is that she was so overconfident about it that she decided to show a demonstration of its strength. She took her engineers and a sample of the Rigid X and she took it out to a shooting range and she shot at it. She took a revolver and fired at the Rigid X and guess what happened? She, she killed it. Yeah, she killed it. She just shattered it to pieces, which is funny because, like, you know, that's also a case of maybe somebody believing their own bull honky. You know what I mean? Like, who takes that? Nobody asked her to take it to a shooting range. She's just like, I'm going to take this, uh, uh, what, what was it, rocket structural resin, and I'm going to blow it up. Makes no sense. I'm not sure. It reminds me of. Elon Musk with the uh, yeah. What was that truck called? Uh, Cybertruck. Yeah, when he wanted to, he was going to show off the bulletproof windows, so he threw a big steel ball bearing at the windows, and they both shattered. That was embarrassing. Well, I also wonder if that was a publicity on purpose because everybody was talking about it. Yeah. Well, it's not really a man. There's a lot of ways to do. I feel like you should do a publicity stunt in the opposite direction. Like it, the glass works so well that the bullet bounces off and injures Elon. Like, you could. I mean, you probably want. I, I don't know. I would think that he would have. They would have tested that beforehand, but maybe he. That's and why Liz, I was shocked about maybe it. Maybe he and Liz have the same uh, confidence levels or managers or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. You think that you would test that beforehand? Yeah, we should uh, do some research on whether it's the same engineers that did the Cybertruck's uh, bulletproof glass and the his, same ones depending on the I Rigid think X. Bulletproof glass was made out of Rigid X. Right? <laughs> Now, regardless of that poor showing, Liz and the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation, well, they have marched right on along, taking deposits and orders. And it would really kind of sound like the heading, the company was heading in the right direction, right? But they had a little bit of a problem. Just a little bit of a problem. They had no car. The car maker had no actual car. And in June of 1975, it was set as the date for the first Dale to actually roll off of the assembly. All right. Well, it's not a complex car. The car did. I mean, it's not at all. It's like a little triangles or a tricycle covered tricycle with a Honda engine. The car did require a bit of fabrication. All right. That the inexperienced development team at 20th century just couldn't deliver. And, uh, finally, Finally, the media that was so crazy about this uh, exciting feminist woman that was going to take on the auto industry and her story, they were so captivated by her initially that they 
kind of started to get a little suspicious of this breakthrough company and their undelivered car. And with that, a group of reporters developed a plan. They hatched a little plan and they hired a retired car engineer to join them on a planned tour that they had with Liz. Liz was going to be covering the development of the anticipated Dale. So they go on this little tour. They slipped him a hundo and asked him to figure out if the Dale, from what he saw on the tour, if the Dale was real or a scam. And immediately after the tour, on live air, the engineer said things just weren't lining up uh, regarding the Dale and Liz's statements and claims. And, you know, if I were to, if I were a consumer and I saw an engineer, if I saw all this debate going on, an engineer say this probably ain't happening, I would probably not be trying to fork over my money, right? You'd think that. You'd think that this would create a public outrage, you know, <clears throat> outrage, ruin their public image, plummet sales orders for the Dale. Well, it didn't. The public kept putting down deposits and one reporter even said he thinks it increased them by 200%. Now you think the media, we see this currently, do you think the media was just covering for her? What do you mean? Why would they not come out with the stories and bust her down? Oh, they did. This was when they were trying to. They, they had become why disenchanted. Did they give her a, why did they give her the slip before and allow her to lie? Like, I don't think they knew. So they didn't know how a car they didn't know how a car a car industry worked. So they hired that guy and and they so we're we're talk about this when we come back from the break, but then they would start unraveling her actual story and be like, "Oh, whoa. There's more to this." All right, guys, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back talking about all about the tale of the dale. All right. Hello, hello, my friends. You are back listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. And if you are just now turning, tuning in, boy, we have been talking quite about a tale. The tale of the Dale. A tale of murder. A man murdered, which we're going to get to. A car that never would be and a whole lot more going sex on. Sex and violence. There's no sex and violence. Well, there's violence. There sex. Is. Hmm. Technically. Would you quit being weird? Just as it sounds more suspenseful and thrilling to the listeners. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. All right, guys, we're talking all about a tricycle commuter car that was supposed to be eco-friendly, save gas. That was being introduced in the 1970s when all the consumer Americans, consumers, pretty much all over the world, um, consumers. We're worried that we were running out of gas. And so they were really looking for, they were going to put their money, anything that promised gas savings, which this did. And if you're just not tuning in, well, we're just now coming to the part where the media stops being enchanted by the warrior, female, feminist uh, head. I don't know if she was called president or CEO of 20th Century Motor Corporation, but they're just now becoming disenchanted and actually checking into her past and her claims. All right. 
And they essentially got a plan. They hired a engineer, sent him in there with a during a tour, and he came back and he said, you know, I really don't think that what they say they're doing, they are doing. And you think that that would have stopped things, but it just didn't. You would think that this would create some kind of public outrage and plummet their sale orders, but it didn't. All right? <clears throat> it actually increased them. However, however, Liz and the 20th Century Company we're about to find themselves in a bit of legal trouble. You see, legally, if you take a deposit on a product that doesn't quite exist, all right, if it's not quite around, you have to put that money into a specific account. And naturally, Liz, who is a little bit of a rogue herself, wasn't doing any such thing. Now, the media began claiming that the Dale was an entire scam, all right? And with those claims... It caught the attention of the California state government. And the California looked into it and said, ooh, we might, uh, this might not be going so well. And it led them to send the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation a cease and desist later, letter, mandating that they do not take any more pre-orders or deposits for the Dale. <clears throat> now, Liz jumped on the offensive. She jumped quick into the offensive, blaming the big three, the auto industry and their government cronies for this. She claimed saboteurs had infiltrated the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation headquarters. Fires had been started, plans stolen, locks busted, and fake reports sent to the government. All right. Now, all of this, all this was going on while consumers still were forking over their deposits to Liz. And she... Keep, kept taking them. A direct violation of the state. Gotta she, get that money, Liz. She, she didn't really take that cease and disorder uh, letter. Did I just, did that make any sense? What did I just say? Cease and desist order letter. Seriously. No, she didn't. She was like, uh-uh. <clears throat> now, at this point, the local ABC news station is like having the time of their lives. All right? They're like, oh, we're on to something. And they captured a deposit being made on camera, all right, and played it. This resulted in the 20th century offices being closed down for the day, all right? And then tensions were growing. Tensions between the fraud car maker and the news station began to fester. One reporter said he was offered a cash bribe from Liz herself. And when she tried to do that, well, he thought, you know what? Maybe I need to look into her past a little bit. And quickly discovered that none of the universities that Liz had claimed to attend, to have attended, knew her name. And they had zero, zero record of her attendance. Uh-oh. Yeah, dude. People start catching lies. They start catching more and more of them. Start catching lies. You start catching hands. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Now, it was at this point, frankly, that the walls of the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation were beginning to crumble. Liz couldn't pay her employees. And when you can't pay your employees, usually, that's when people start leaving. But even though paychecks were bouncing, employees still believed in the Dale Project. They thought they were going to change the world, change auto industry. Mm. Liz, with her big personality and dreams, had made them believers of this car, all right? They made them believers in this car that would change the landscape of the auto industry, help the world, 
And thus, they were still believers in the Dale. I'm surprised they weren't like, maybe this is BS, you know? Yeah, it, it seems like maybe because she was a woman, they were giving her kind of a pass more. I don't know about that. What do you think they would investigate stuff more? Well, let's think about different times. Less internet. Harder to get things. Uh, that's know? true. And like I said, it's really at that point on the media to try. So yeah. if the media is in maybe in your pocket or bribed, yeah. you get to buy yourself some more time. True story. But there was a sliver of hope. Showing itself, presenting itself for the 20th Century Company. And that sliver of hope was Japanese investors. You see, uh, Japan's automotive sector was booming. They were booming and they were interested in this potentially groundbreaking commuter car. But naturally, they wanted a little proof. They wanted to prove that the car was even a thing. Liz was like, all right, well, we need some cash, so let's get to doing it. And she ordered her team to get a completely working prototype finished, ASAP. And they did. They did it. All right. They took the prototype to a parking lot to demonstrate its ability to the Japanese investors. And it worked. It did. It started. It drove. And the, invest- and the investors were interested until they were interested until the driver in an attempt to dissuade any concerns about the tricycle's stability, he went ahead and took a hard turn, resulting in the Dale tipping on its side and scraping its body on the asphalt. And the Japanese investors were not too impressed with that, and they moved on. It's funny, because like he probably, like he didn't, he went out of his way to do that turn and ruined it. He may have been uh, misled on its... He too was misled on its stability. The ability of its stability. <laughs> the ability of its stability. The ability of stability. <clears throat> Liz was furious. She was furious at how the end of the demonstration went. She is quoted to have called the test drive an abortion on three wheels. Strong words. Those are strong words. Now, one of the engineers said that this kind of stability flaw could have easily been worked out in testing. However, well, and obviously, they didn't do enough testing before the demonstration. You know what I mean? Clearly. Yes. However, the company was out of time. It seems to be a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A theme? Yeah, a theme for... <laughs> for these kind of things? For Liz. <laughs> or Rigid X or whatever. Yeah, she's all like, let's go straight to proving yeah. instead of actually testing. Do it. What could go wrong? Yeah, let's uh, find out. <laughs> oh, an abortion on three wheels went wrong. Yeah, that, that bad. That bad. It sounds weird. Yeah. Well, it could have been worked out if they had had more time and they'd had more money. But uh, with the out the Japanese investors, they ain't got, they didn't had no more money at the time. Mm-mm. But if you thought things could not get worse, well, they did. Right around the time of the failed test drive, a man was murdered in the offices of the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation. He was shot three times in the head. Yeah, that one hurt. time, okay. Two times, three or, times, three times. Three times that's know, a murder. Th- three times, I think you're mad at me. That's an execution. I think you got a problem with? Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the real, <clears throat> 20th century employee Jack Oliver shot 20th century salesman William Deere. Shoot me once, shame on you. 
Shoot me twice, shame on me. Shoot me three so, times? Shoot me three times. That's an execution? You're a jerk. Yeah, that's a mob-style execution? So Jack Oliver, both of these are employees at 20th Century, all right? Jack Oliver shot 20th Century salesman William D. Miller three times in the head. These two apparently had a past. They had served time together in prison. I mean, that kind of tells you what kind of uh, staff is going on, what kind of colleague rapport is happening there, is uh, whether or not you sent time in the same jail cell. So there's that. It is said that the guy that got capped had devised a plan to murder one of the Securities and Exchange Commission's investors, investigators. Digging in. Okay, so one of the he wanted to murder one of the investigators digging into the 20th century company. And Oliver tried to stop him. They argued. They both drew guns, apparently, or according to the guy that survived, that didn't die. And then Oliver shot Miller in the head three times. That could not have been very good optics for the company, you know? Right? So even with fraud reports, government investigations, a cease and desist letter, and a full-blown mob-style murder, execution really, consumers were still forking up their deposits to get their hands on the Dale. They wanted this little banana car so bad. So even the Price is Right show had a Dale on there as a prize giveaway. And the, the humor of that was, was that a working Dale? You know, a working Dale. <laughs> well, like, uh, was it just a cardboard it box a that looked picture. like the Dale? It was a picture of a Dale, and then he highly advised you to spay and neuter, neuter your pets. <laughs> Soon, Liz and nine other of her employees were indicted on charges of fraud, as investigators believed the Dale would never be more than a prototype. And with those charges, Liz and her family went on the run. They're all like, oh, snap, it's really happening. Okay, bye-bye. They went on the run, and the media caught wind of the story, and it busted. It made national news, all right? But not for the reason you think. Not because it's a fake car maker frauding uh, millions of dollars, but for something else. (laughs) For something else. (laughs) Not the false promise car, commuter car, the murder, or any of the other mayhem that was going on at 20th Century. You see, the police got a warrant to search Liz's home. Did you just try and tell me that there was a break going on, Aiden? Okay. All right, guys. Well, I can't tell you this until we come back from the break, but it's a very, 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 very important part of the story. Y'all stay tuned. We're telling you all about the tale of... You're back listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. And if you just tune it in, boy, it has been a doozy. Uh, this story of this goofy little banana commuter car, eco car, has really been a novella. There's been murder, there's been fraud, and there's about to be something that's going to blow your socks off in a second. All right. If you are just now ca- catching up, um, I am going to put a video of this with photos and history and all that up on the Bad Blonde YouTube if you want to check it out. It's a good one. It's a good one. If you have an opinion or want to say anything about the tale of the Dale, you can text us at 
Club is 882-K-E-Y-S. Dang, dude. That was impressive because he was watching the game, the Croatia game. I can multitask. And he was able to say that. That's right. Talent. That guy. This guy. Okay. Where we are in the timeline of the mayhem that is the Dale and the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation. Well, they had just indicted the president and nine other employees with charges of fraud. And the president, Liz, took her family and went on the run. All right. They went on the run and the media found out all about this and went crazy. But they didn't go crazy because why you think they would have. I'm going to tell you why they did. (laughs) It's a twist. There's a twist in this story. Okay. The police got a warrant to search Liz's home. And they found some interesting items. They found wigs, padded bras, and what the police put in the report as a device used by female impersonators to disguise their sex. What is that? I want to know. I Google it. I don't know what it is either. It's probably like a cup or something. I don't know either. Anyways. So basically, Liz was a dude. Liz was a man. Liz was a... She had had... Yes, she was a man. It was at this point that the authorities in the press learned that Liz was, in fact, a transgender woman who had been wanted on numerous charges. It was at this point also that 15 guys in the office started throwing up. Ace Vindictive, uh, Ace Detective, Ace Ventura. <laughs> she had been wanted on numerous charges from counterfeiting to theft. Now, all these charges were brought on while she still had been, a, while she was a man, before she had just, you know, and, and it's hard to say whether it was because she identified as a chick, I'm not trying to be canceled here, or if she decided to dress as a woman because she was technically on the run. She was running from the law already. Now, these charges were brought on while she was still a man, while she had been selling vacuum cleaners, taking deposits, and never delivering the product, which sounds like a very similar scam to the Dale, doesn't it? So it kind of makes me wonder, was this eco car to change the auto industry? Was it ever on, like Chad had brought up, was this ever, like, did she ever really intend on making the Dale? Or is this just uh, another tale of her? It's a he. Yes. Or are they? I don't, well, I think she prefers she. She's, she passed away in 2004. Now, a few months after going on the run. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm silly. Wait, no, they found her. Yes. Okay. I'm losing my, I'm losing where I'm trying to be in this story. A few months after going on the run, she was caught in Florida, which is pretty, if you're crazy and you are, you know, this is a very Florida place. Florida is the place that somebody like her would end up. All right. Florida man. Yeah. Florida woman. Yeah. She was caught in Florida and sent back to California and the state. So this is the 1970s guys. The state didn't know whether to try her as a man or a woman. And it was a landmark case of the 1970s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Little did they know. Little did they know. The, what would follow? Liz declined a court-appointed lawyer and decided that she would represent herself. She was found guilty on 26 counts. It is estimated that consumers and investors were defrauded by approximately one to three million 
dollars. She was sentenced to two to 20 years in men's prison and to pay $30,000 in restitution. But this was not the, that was not the end of the story <laughs> at all. All right. Liz is just, you know, she, Liz is being Liz. Um, at, what was her male name? His male name? I don't know. Don't they have I'm sure we can that? find, uh, yeah, I, I just didn't even, I didn't even pay attention to it. I, I wonder if, but I think it was like Steven or something. Um, in 1980, Liz would escape while out on bail. All right. She, she did some heavy appeals. All right. Liz would escape while out on bail and wouldn't be found till 1989, nine years later. Did I, it, she's, she's a cowgirl, you know, cowboy, cowgirl. She's, she's all like, you know what? Now nah, I'm good at running. And she was apparently pretty good at not being caught by the law for this. But she would be caught nine years later when an unsolved mysteries episode led to her capture. Chad Chad actually watched it. I'm Robert Stack, and this is Unsolved Mysteries. That show really did kind of help catch a bunch of folks. It was a cool show. I remember they didn't even bring it back, man. Nightmares and stuff from it back in the day. Because they would have like... The they would have mysteries. pretty gruesome things. And I was like... We didn't have cable, so that was the gruesomest I got. Even if we did have cable, that was a pretty great. Sh- I mean, like that's that that's an, I- an ideal show an to watch. Mysteries. Unsolved mysteries. Well, you might be wondering where she was caught. All right, she was found selling roadside flowers, and get this. Oh, the irony! It is, it is almost too perfect. <laughs> she was found in Dale, Texas. Spelled the exact same way as the Dale, the automotive. Isn't that nutty? What an end of the tale of the Dale. Ah, unbelievable. Well, she she would be then put in prison and would die from cancer two years later. Um, But boy, oh boy, what a heck of a story. Isn't that crazy? Oh, we have... <laughs> Oh, my God. Is that true? We got a great text message from Annie. She said Liz's male name was Chad. (laughs) Is that true? I don't know. We need a fact checker immediately. That would be dope. And I would be also a bit upset with myself if I hadn't have figured that out and then been mentioning it this whole time on the radio show. Is it? Is it Chad Carmichael? Oh, my goodness. This is going to be great. Stop it. Um. I don't know. I can't find it. Geraldine Elizabeth Carmichael. That was her fake name. I'm trying to see her real name. Man, my fact checker is so slow. Maybe it's Chad. I don't know. Oh, I sure hope it is. Dang. I don't know. I mean, what's the craziest Uh, part? Annie was making fun of me. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Her real name was Jerry Dean Michael. Oh, well, that was a good one. <laughs> I like how we were like, was it? Oh, my God, we got it back to good job, Annie, on that one. <laughs> I don't know what the craziest part of this story was. The fact that this also is a little sad, though, because the Dale could have been a cool thing. I mean, I don't really like anything with three. I mean, I do like I mean, I, it, three wheels is kind of a weird. I don't know if it would have uh, ever flown. It would have done all right. I'm sure. I mean, clearly it would have done all right because they were taking deposits like no tomorrow. Although, I mean, what are those little uh, 
things that are running around now. There's like three wheelers. Yeah. Yeah. Those do those do well, but people are using I think that's more of a recreation as opposed to this was supposed to be a commuter. Um, I think once you got into a lot of the if you could sell it maybe as a motorcycle. Yeah. And avoid all the safety stuff. Oh yeah. I think that would have taken the Dale out of the automotive side. Yeah. Because of crash regulations and everything like that. Would have helped tremendously for sure. Which is also why the many others have gone in that in that direction. I don't know. What's the craziest part? The fact that they never really ended up having a product? The fact that there was a couple murders? Like basically I'm pretty sure it was like mob style going on in the twentieth century. Uh the or the fact that Liz was actually a man the entire time Liz and was, was a, on the run. Liz was a his the whole time. Liz was a his indeed. His name was Jerry Dean. Jerry? Dean Michael. Jerry. You know, that's that's a problem with everybody with three first names. That's their whole name. They're either. Murderers? Yeah. Or, or scammers? Serial killers or, you know, the, the people that try to assassinate everybody. You know, did she scam a lot of people? Yes. But she seems like a little wild cowgirl. Like she's pretty <laughs> crazy. I mean, she had a he. Yeah. Had a had some balls. Sure. Uh, uh, technically, yeah. <laughs> what a story, you know. And I wonder, you know, uh, when I get off the show, I'm gonna do a little research on what if Dale Clift ever stuck around and was like. Whoa, didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bad Bond Radio Show. We're Merry here. Christmas. Oh, it I is almost Christmas. We're not going to be on until. No, we're not going to be on next year. All right. Happy holidays. And happy new year. We're going to be on next year. We'll be on maybe next year. <laughs> Y'all take care. <laughs>